we gonna do what they say can be done We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm eastbound just like no bandit run Keep your foot hard on the pedal Some never mind them brakes Let it all hang out Welcome to Highway Freaks I'm J-Man Hosting this week for Because Brian had to go home because he was whining that he hadn't seen his wife since October. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Here, I am I'm here suck with... Suck up, uh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck it up. Get the work. I'm here with Ramblin' Rose and Canadian Lady Trucker Janet and Wild Man Will. Tell us about your week, folks. Start with you, Rose. Ah, uh, my week was good. I saw the uh, Chinese spy balloon moved on, and it's not over billions anymore. <laughs> and they, they finally blew it up or whatever they did with it. So my week's been good. Oh, that's... And what about you, Janet? Yeah, it's been all right. It's been a week. <laughs> Facing all the challenges that, that come with it every week, you know. <laughs> and, Will, what have you been up to? Your uh, your uh, girlfriend had a bit of a operation. Yeah, they um they had to go in and cut a, a cyst out, and the cyst was deeper than they thought, so it was about an inch deep. It went pretty much down to it, down to the bone, and uh, I've I've been you know helping her with her her dressing and and all that other stuff, you know, changing bandages and yeah, it's it's, it's been eventful. Oh, right on. Well, I've just been sitting at home. Uh, a week off uh, and enjoying myself. You know, it's, uh, it's nice to get off the road every once in a while. Now, Janet, yes. you have some interesting topics for us. I do. My first topic is the New Canadian Truck Operators Association. Now, this is basically 200 carriers with 1,000 people representing them. And it's largely comprised of South Asian backgrounds. Now, what their, and, and this is what their website also says, their plans are to disrupt status quo. They're demanding seats where policies and legislation are affecting the members, and uh, they're trying to recreate or change policy. Now, what they're trying to do, um, I guess one of the more common phrases is drivers inc uh, basically what they're trying to do is bring about independent contractors um to you know basically an employee becomes an independent contractor now according to canadian law um an independent contractor is somebody who sets their own schedule owns their own tools or equipment uh, pays for their own helpers and their own WCB. Now, um, I do know there there is a company here in Calgary, um, and I, I won't mention the name, but uh, it's well known in Calgary. Uh, they've been trying to do this for years with their their drivers, and basically what happens is they're getting paid basically the same rate of pay everybody else is getting per mile, but then they're expected to make their own payments for unemployment insurance, for CPP, and their own taxes. But now they're also suddenly getting um, bills for repairs or maintenance on the vehicles when they don't even own them. So 
it's different from, say, a lease op or a never-never plan where somebody is purchasing the vehicle off the company and they're paying a lease payment and they're getting, you know, either a higher rate per mile or whatever to, uh, like a commissioner or whatever, to be able to pay for fuel and all the other costs involved. So one of the other problems with this is a lot of the independent contractors then neglect to pay tax. They just pocket the money and off they go. And uh, many of them are immigrated here, uh, not necessarily resident. Um, and then what will happen is they'll take all that money and they'll go back to their country. So they've earned the money here. And the country doesn't get the taxes that are needed, right? So right. Uh, the other issue with this is, and, and a lot of these people that go into these kind of contracts, is they don't realize that they then no longer have the protection from the labor board the way they would as as a company employee. There's a lot of things that they they lose as rights, they skip out on rights uh, regarding their labor, regarding, you know, uh, any entitlements that the employees get, right? So it is a benefit to the companies that are trying to bring this in because, of course, every time you have to pay as an owner, have to pay CTP or EI for one of your employees, you have to match that going in to you know, Revenue Canada. So this is definitely an issue. Um, another thing that they missed out on, overtime, vacation pay, paid medical leave. So, you know, as in, enticing as it may seem initially, because you get a lot more money in the end, you end up losing out on so much more, right? And well, I think a lot, I know that, I know that the one company here in Calgary, um, it tends to try to push beyond the legal hours of service as well. And what I think what's happening with, with this kind of arrangement is quite often it's um, somebody who's immigrated who doesn't know what their rights are as an employee, right? So they get sucked into it and, and they don't know that, no, they can say no to some of this stuff, right? Well, the biggest problem is that they target... They target, uh, you know, people that don't really understand how trucking works. Exactly. Um, like a lot of these, uh, like I, I don't want to slam them or, or anything like that, but a lot of these uh, newcomers to the trucking industry, they're very green. And, you know, these companies, they, they go after these um, newbies. Um, the problem is they show them gross revenue, yeah. they say, wow, that's a lot of money. Exactly. I'm going to be rich. They don't know. They don't show them the fuel cost, the repair cost, the permits, the, you know, the insurance and everything else. You know, they don't show them the net. Exactly. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, a lot of these guys fall for it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, my feeling is, you know, instead of regulating the crap out of the guy that is trying to make a living with all the stupid rules that they're dumping on us right now. Start going after these companies. Yeah. You know, because in 
mind. But the way I'm looking at it is, you know, it's a form of fraud. Pretty frauding these guys. Yeah, and and defrauding, you know, our our revenue system, right? If, if you want, if you want to watch a really interesting um, program, there used to be a show called W Five. Yes. Now, back in the '90s, there was a trucking company. I'm not going to say the name. I don't want to get my ass off. And a Ford dealership in Coquitlam. And what they were doing is, you buy a truck from us. And we'll put you to work with this company. And they would work these guys, feed them for like three months, and then all of a sudden, no more work. Yeah. That truck well, loses truck. Yeah, the never never plans. And they would do it all over again. They would just keep doing it. Well, they got busted, and they ended up getting the, they ended up getting sued. It's on, but you can find it. It's on. It, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. It was in the night. I remember it because I the company I worked for. Was next door. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were a lot of companies back in the eighties and nineties you know, that were doing the oh, never never plan, right? The never never plan. You never yeah. owned the truck. Yeah. You know, and uh, just if you were thing. getting, oh, what they, I know what a lot of the companies were doing, especially in the nineties, they would allow them to pay probably three quarters off, and then suddenly yep. their loads would dry up, and suddenly they couldn't afford to run the truck anymore. Well, that's right. You know, and, and now they'd walk it's away. The same right? thing. Yeah, like it's the same thing now. It's just they're they're everything's being worded different. Exactly. You know, um, it, it's a sad state of affairs. Like, it, I don't know why you would want to work for a company at company driver wages, whether it be sixty cents a mile or whatever, and then have to pay everything. Like, why yeah. would you do that? But that the whole concept of not owning your own truck is to exactly. get away from the, you know, I, I got out of it because I just didn't have it in me anymore. Yeah. I just didn't want the, the hassle anymore. Yeah, so you, I, and I got out of the, the lease up, the owner up uh, position because it seemed like I would do good for the first year or two with the company and then it would go down. Suddenly my mouth got cut, you know, and, and this is, like for myself, I look back at my work history and go, man, it, you know, I, it doesn't look like I, you know, stuck out with a company. But when I look at the reason behind leaving each company, it always came down to the bottom dollar. And if I was basically just breaking even, you know, and just barely making enough to get by at home, it just, it made no sense to stick around. Because the goal, the goal is to actually be able to have a savings, to have something to retire on. But when you're working so long for all these companies, and every time you switch companies, you get further and further behind. You know, which is, it's sad, but it's true, right? Well, it is. You know, like, I, it, it's, it's, uh... I find it shocking, really. Um, I was I was talking to an owner operator the other day, and uh, he only makes about a thousand dollars take home a month. Yeah. More than I do. Yeah. Now, why in the holy hell would you want to have that kind? All you're doing really now is buying a job. That's all you're really doing. Exactly. You're, you know, the, the, I mean, some guys do very well. I mean, they do, um, but others just don't do their homework. They figure they're going to make nothing but money, and then 
fruit fall, yeah. you know, you're broke. Well, and, and too, yeah. as an owner-operator, you have to remember that 20% of your gross income needs to get put away for maintenance and repairs and, Absolutely. you know, your, your, your downtime and everything else. Like, it's got to cover yeah. that. But so many go, oh, I got lots of money. Let's spend. Let's 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 put more into the yeah. truck. But they're, you know, they're not thinking ahead. They're, it's just a very uh, short focus range. You know, they're not looking far enough, far enough ahead in the future. That, well, that's true. We'll be back with uh, Ramblin' Rose and some Super Bowl. Okay, we're back and uh, Rose. What would you? What do you have something to say about all this? Well, I, I you, you guys have talked about basically being owner operators and how you know it is not really as profitable as companies make it out, and they'll do anything and everything to eventually pretty much prevent you from owning the truck and moving on. And uh, but it, how different is that really? Because I personally have never been an owner operator, but I certainly driven for enough companies. They blow hot air up your tailpipes by saying, oh, 3,000 miles a week, you know, oh, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, you start with a company, boy, you're just running, running, running for the first couple months, and you're like, oh, you know, finally a company's going to work with me. Yeah, that drops off. And then they start with the excuses. Oh, we can't get a load out of here. We can't get a load out of there. Oh, this or that, you know, oh, they played the whole COVID thing. They use that to their advantage. And then if you do complain about someone, it's like, oh, well, that company is our bread and butter. So, you know, you just got to put up with a major level of crap because we got to haul those loads because they stuck with us during the hard times, you know. And so it's it's almost like the same because it is very expensive to live out on the road. I truthfully don't know how guys, you know, live out on the road and operate a household. I mean, we, we did operate a household also in addition to being out on the road, but it's very expensive. And we, you know, as I think most truckers end up doing, cutting a lot of corners as far as food because you have the coffee pot on the truck, you have the refrigerator, you get the food at Walmart, you know, you do your uh, cooking on the truck a lot of times. And, uh, well, and it's only, oh in the last, it's only in the last 15 years or so that they've had the inverters for the trucks. 15, maybe yeah. 18 years. So, before that, it was that much more difficult. You were forced to eat on the road. Forced to eat yeah. restaurant food. But then again, too, yes. there were more restaurants with good food, not with garbage food. Right, it's right. more economical. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, crazy expensive to eat. You know, we, we got to the point where my husband would like, you know, once a week to go in and, and do the whole sit-down meal. Usually it's Denny's because that's what cooked up the most of which, surprisingly, I I found their food to be pretty darn good. I, truthfully, never really ate there that much before, but I actually found their food to be pretty good. And um, in, in burgers, <laughs> the one that we initially had in our truck didn't have enough amps. We couldn't figure out why the refrigerator wasn't plugged in. And when we got the truck, it had this, like, spoiled food in it. Why wasn't the refrigerator plugged in? Well, apparently, they would plug the refrigerator in for a while, get it cold, then unplug it so they could use the microwave or use this or that. And you couldn't have everything plugged in all at once. Like, it's kind of important to have your refrigerator going all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh, we spent, like, $800 on this inverter and then another $800 to have it installed. I mean, it was glorious once it was done. Very expensive, though. And, of course, yeah. we left that company. We just left the inverter in there. So I hope somebody's enjoying it. 
Well, the first, yeah, so he, the first inverters were very pricey. I mean, they were not yeah. cheap. I mean, now you can pick <laughs> up a you can pick up an inverter for a hundred, two hundred bucks. Yeah. You know. Don't, don't you love it when you hear when, when you hear that pop? Let's go. Oh, Yeah, 
I mean, the first, mind you, the first Kenworth I had, I started in the industry. It was a 77 cab over. Uh, the old Pendrick suspension. Not a airbag on that thing. <laughs> and, and short wheelbase. Short wheelbase. Proper sleeper. Yep. You yeah. probably had That's a when I started with the cab over Kenworth. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, this thing, this thing was 160 inch long, uh, coffin sleeper. <laughs> I still don't know where me and my dog slept because, man, that thing was small. Oh yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the old trucks. Yeah. But I like the new ones too. Um, uh, I miss the uh, the simplicity. Of the older trucks. Yes. You know, you broke down on the side of the road, whatever. A lot of times it was just, you know, a really, really quick fix. Exactly. These things, these things, uh, forget it. You got to get a guy out with a laptop. He's got to die. Yeah. Put to a I was just going to say, you, need, you, you don't know. need a mechanic, you need a computer programmer. <laughs> That's right, you know. And, you know, uh, I don't know if it's better, like I've noticed truck that I'm driving now gets the exact same fuel mileage um, as my uh, my 78 Freightliner Cowboy. It's six yeah. miles to gallon. Yeah. Doesn't get any better, you know. So I don't know. I don't know if it's gotten better. I mean, I hear some guys are getting 10 miles to gallon. Yeah. I don't know. But you got to wonder what they're hauling and, and what, what stretches they're running, you know, because... Well, that's right. You know, I mean... You know, you, we run we run a lot of mountains. Yeah, if you're just running yeah. the flatlands, different story altogether. Well, but as, yeah, soon you, getting... as soon as you got hills, and, you know, I mean, for example, going down to California, you know, from up here, uh, you've got mountain passes, <laughs> many of them right. go through all the way well, down. Right. Well, my trip, this last trip, this last trip I did um, to Southern California and back, I averaged six, six miles yeah. a gallon. Well, you're going through passes, and like you said, you're full, full of, and uh, I mean, this truck has no full. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised I don't have to get out the help push. <laughs> okay, Rosie. I'm ready. All right. Super Bowl. Throw it at so I, Okay, well, I'm, I'm not a huge tall fan, quote unquote. You know, uh, I've kind of gotten a little bit more into the Super Bowl. Uh, coming up this year, but uh, what I have is Super Bowl snack statistics, which are actually quite interesting because the Super Bowl Sunday is the second largest food holiday next to Thanksgiving. Um, so there's just lots of um, like over 10 million pounds of ribs will be consumed, 1.2 million pounds of potato chips will be eaten during the game. 8.2 million tortilla chips dipped into 8.2 million pounds of guacamole, which is made through 139 million pounds of avocados. Oh, and then the, the most, yeah, it <laughs> just sounds like, wow, that's a lot. And then most probably the most uh, healthy snack, will, 8 million pounds of popcorn will be consumed. Um, which will be washed down by 187,500 gallons of soda or 50 million cases of beer will be sold for the big game. Pizza is the second top Super Bowl snack, uh, over, probably over wings, 
because there'll be 1.2 billion chicken wings or 100 million pounds of chicken wings will be consumed. And um, during the halftime show, which we have Brianna coming up, and I don't know much about her, I said if the poor girl had to live on me buying her records, she'd be a poor lion. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully she'll be. Hopefully she'll do a good job. I don't know. But uh, during the halftime, uh, toilet usage goes up thirteen percent because everybody runs to take their breaks during the halftime. So uh, then, once everybody's had their snacks and drank all their beer, antacid sales increased by twenty percent on the Monday after the big game. And it is also called Super Sick Monday, where it averages seventeen million people will call in for a lot of production of like $14 billion in productivity loss because all these people call me sick because they had too big at the Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, they should just really, I never, you know, they should just really make Super Bowl Sunday a long weekend. Yeah. Just have, have it be an automatic holiday on Monday. Yeah, just, they just, just have, have a long weekend. You know, just to save the, the hassle of, you know, Happen to call in sick. I think you've got an idea going there. You know. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I we've got we've got President's Day coming up. We'll have President's yeah. Day coming up on February 20th, at least here in the United States, and uh, that's like an automatic federal holiday, no mail, no bank. So I think we should have Fan Monday, where yeah. everybody automatically gets the day off. You know, this, this um, you know when I used, initiate when some I, legislation for that. Back when I used to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> And, uh, you know, party and all that. Uh, I used to just take the Monday off. Because I knew damn well I wasn't coming in. <laughs> you know, it just it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to be there. I'll be dead. You didn't even pretend like it was going to happen. You, know, you just told him I won't be here. <laughs> well, the boss that I had at the time, he was a, he was a real uh, football fanatic. And so he was really cool about it because he would just close. Forget it. We're not doing anything on the Monday. So it was, well, it was awesome. People have that yeah. personal personal time off, that paid time off. Now I guess you can, those are like floating days you can do what you want with. So you can, when, when I was a custodian at a high school at one point in my life, and we would get like a week's vacation. Well, at the beginning of the year, I would go through the calendar, and I would see when, okay, school's going to be closed on a Friday or whatever, you know, schools are closed for this or that. So then I'd maybe, like, put a day in for vacation on that Monday. So I'd have, like, a four-day weekend. And, you know, I did that throughout the year, so I took my whole week, my seven days. I ended up getting broken days off because, oh, maybe the other guy's really irritated. And the custodial supervisory was like, well, she put in for it, and I approved it. And because they just would take off, like, a week in the summertime. Use the whole seven days all at once. And I prefer to spread mine out. So you could always use a personal day off on that Monday. Let them know ahead of time. Don't even pretend like they're going to show up. Just tell them on Friday, I won't be here on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole other option there. And then we have to kind of follow up, although you guys are in the state, uh, the most popular Super Bowl food per state. Now, I'm in Montana, and it's meatballs here, which I actually will not be serving. That is not on my menu, but um, let's see. We've got Georgia has pigs in a blanket. You guys know what those are, like sausages. No, sausages wrapped in pancakes? Oh, those are all. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Nebraska, where I'm originally from, is mozzarella sticks. Who knew? Okay, wow. Nevada is hummus. Has anybody ever really eaten hummus? Yes, I have. I have had it. it it's actually not bad. Good? It's not really? bad. It's not bad. Um, it's been a while. Isn't it like ground chickpeas? It's it, yeah, it's ground chickpeas. I don't, you know, I, I really don't know. All I remember is it was handed to me and... I was told just to shut up and eat it, you know. I love it in the War uh, of the Worlds movie, if you guys seen that with Tom Cruise. Classic, and there is daughters there, and she says, I'm hungry, and he says, order food, and he goes to bed because he's just gotten off work. Yeah. And he gets up, and he's like, starts to eat whatever she ordered, and he gets this look on his face, and he goes, what is this? She's talking with his mouth, and she'll come and he said, I said, order food. Yeah. <laughs> so... That movie is so awesome and a classic if anybody hasn't seen it. Um, Hawaii is chips and salsa for their Super Bowl food. So. I like nachos when I used to like chips. Yeah, nachos is good with cheese and the hamburger. Well, actually, be 12 tons of ultimate nachos served during the Super Bowl. So that's obviously a very popular snack. And there's enough chicken wings that are going to cross the country. Could literally cross the country that many chicken wings. And they're little. Yeah, so that's all I have for Super Bowl snacks. Good luck to whoever, whatever team you're cheering for. Well, I'm not going to say anything because they'll be labeled to call me Pinko. So <laughs> uh, I'm not watching the Super Bowl for one, and uh, I can hear the boost and hisses already. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just flat out admit I'm cheering for the Chiefs because I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska, oh, okay. Kansas City, right down the road, a few hundred, mi- hundred miles or so. So I will be cheering for Kansas City. Otherwise, I don't really have an opinion about. But. Well, I I don't want I I don't, I'm, I'm going to say it. I know I'm going to get probably somebody's going to send out a sniper or something. But I don't even know. Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. An interesting little thing. I'm sure most everybody knows this, but Donna Kelsey is the mother of one of those boys' names. One one is one is plays on the Philadelphia Eagles. And one of her sons plays on the Kansas City Chiefs. So she has oh, wow. two sons playing football. Yeah, yeah. And she's got, the, I saw a picture of her on uh, online, and she's got this uh, jacket that, like, cut down the middle, and one side is the Kansas City Chiefs colors, and one side is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, wow. So I, I just think that's super that's so cool. cool. Yeah. So she's going to be controlling one and congratulating yeah. the other one. <laughs> Definitely a. Uh, a win for lose situation there. Oh, especially when it's when it's siblings, the rivalry must be just. Yeah, apparently she just has the two boys. Jason wow. uh man, the Eagles fans. I think the one that played for Kansas City is Jason. I think the other one's Brandon or the other way around. I will stand corrected if anybody knows for sure. <laughs> <laughs> game break out, right? Well, I, you know, the best hockey game I ever seen 
uh, years and years ago, and it was, uh, I remember it was Montreal. Montreal was in it. And it went into third overtime, and the score was 0-0. And I mean, that was like, now that's the game. Like, it was, it was just a Now, would that be game. because they're both so good or because they were both so bad? They were both good. Like, I mean. That's that good. Both had great defense. Both had great offense. You know, and it, it was just, you know, it was, they played, they, they played hard. And, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was Boston. Montreal against Boston. It was, uh, in the 90s. And, uh, I believe Boston won. I'd have to go back and look at it. But, I mean, any game like that is just. Yeah. Is just and, and that's the best game when, the, when both teams are really, really quiet. But I, I went to a Nebraska-Minnesota football game one time. It was actually played up in Minneapolis. I, I'm not kidding. The score was Nebraska 84 to Minnesota 0. I mean, that's not a game. That's a massacre. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, um, see if, if Brian wasn't such a – if Brian guy wasn't such a big baby and had to go home to see his wifey poo, um, we could ask him because his knowledge of sports is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, few days old is like, ah, I forgot. Few days old, okay, had had okay, had enough you get out of here. Yeah. Uh, my husband told me about one gal called up the boss and said, uh, can you buy a load for my husband? He's been on the that long enough. He got out of here. Oh, man. Oh, you can never have too too many uh, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, pantry jokes. You, you just can't. Yeah, well, and if you can't laugh at that kind of stuff, then you know I don't want to know you because uh, I, I love I love to laugh at, at pretty much everything. You know, within within reason, right? Yeah. Well, I've got a quick little recipe. If somebody wants something, they can put together Ooh, for the Super Bowl, yeah. or anytime you're looking for a, a football snack, doesn't have to be just during or in the Super Bowl. But you take a little smoky. And wrap each one. So you have to kind of like cut your piece of bacon in half and then wrap it around the little smoky, put a toothstick in it, and then uh, put those in like a 9 by 13 can, sprinkle that with brown sugar, and then dump a can of uh, the crushed pineapple just kind of over that all. Put it in the oven, bake it about 45 minutes. Mmm. Mm. That's going to be good. I'm going to try that one. Be all bacony and crispy and, you know, it's got bacon. How bad but that's a quick little recipe that if anybody wants to give that a try. And with the whole love thing that we have coming up, inexpensive Valentine's and love ideas. Valentine. Yeah. You know who, um, who really, one really, really famous guy was born on Valentine's Day? Our very own bride guy was born on Valentine's Day. Yep, Brian's going to have a birthday. Yeah. Should we say Jack how old Brian's going to be, or should we just leave that for the mystery? Uh, I am gonna. I, I like you know. He was saying you know he's getting old and all that, and uh, you know a very famous comedian, Jack Benny, was born on uh, Valentine's Day. Okay, and so even on, and we will be right back with comedian lady trucker and her topic on anonymous trucks. And we're back with uh, comedian lady trucker and autonomous trucks. Well. The FMCSA is actually looking for uh, input from basically anybody. Uh, their concerns, their uh, you know, like safety concerns, what they what they actually think of a completely autonomous truck. 
Uh, now, autonomous means absolutely no driver. They do have five levels, or sorry, I correct uh, that, six levels of automation. Uh, zero being with a driver in and basically fully operational as a driver. Um, and then they have right up to five, which is fully automatic, meaning no driver at all in the truck. Um, level zero through three uh, require a driver with a CDL in the truck ready to take over when necessary. So my concern with an autonomous truck, of course, is um, how, how, how are they going to regulate that? Um, these trucks will still need to go in for inspections in the scales, just like all the other trucks. And as most of us know, those of us that are drivers anyways, um, we actually have to participate in that level one inspection, meaning applying the brakes and, and doing a number of other things, you know, doing the air checks and all that stuff. So I'm not quite sure, and I don't know if they're quite sure yet of how that's going to happen. Um, now, they're also looking at uh, whether they need to regulate the size of the unit for the autonomous truck, um, how many days it should be operating. And they're also wondering whether it should be limited to designated areas. Like, for example, specific cities, whether it's allowed on the highway, that kind of thing. Now, I can see if this was to be something that went over the road for any length of distance. Um, there's going to be issues with fueling, uh, recharging if it's electric. Uh, they're still going to need somebody in there. So I honestly can't see a fully automated truck with no driver in it. There's also the concern of safety on a fully automated truck with no driver. Because what happens if the system, the computer goes down and it's going, say, down the grapevine, you know, on, on you know, a pretty steep drag, right? So there's, there's a lot of things that need to be considered. I, I still fully believe that they're going to need a driver in a truck regardless. Well, you, you bring up a very valid point. Um, also, um, I, I, I want to add that uh, when when uh, a level 10 autonomous truck is going down the road and, say, a tire happens to blow, what is going to happen? These, ba these batteries are already known to get so overheated that they combust. So, I mean, you can just imagine what it would be like if uh, if a, a tire blew and the truck ended up rolling over. And because there's no driver in there, usually, right, normally in life when, you know, your tire blows, you put it in, like, neutral or, like, whatever and try and slow down. Well, the, the, the truck's not going to do that, right, unless it's programmed to do so. So I, I, I'm almost wondering how much programming they've implemented into this. Have is on those fully automated trucks with no driver. Um, basically, how those are going to operate is a central operating uh, hub or base, right? Where guys are basically to, to back into a dock, they're using joysticks basically to get these trucks in because I've actually seen videos way back. Yes. Um, now, 
the problem I have with this is, and this kind of touches on Will's expertise, uh, is these are being operated, first of all, via most most often via you know uh, cell service or satellite. Now, either one, if <laughs> if your main hub gets hacked into, what happens to those trucks? Yeah, it would almost be it would it would almost be impossible to get who's ever inside of the system out of the system, right? You know, and the you know when you're looking at say a hub has two hundred trucks attached to that hub, if that hub gets hacked and shut down, say with ransomware, which is one of the more common things that's happening nowadays, what happens to those trucks? Well, this is another thing that really kind of bothers me. Um, you know, they can't keep these ones running. How are they going to do keep these autonomous trucks running? But you're going to have triple the sensors on them. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and, what happens, and, and like you said, like you said, I mean, how are you going to how are you going to run a, uh, a uh, an autonomous truck through mountainous regions when you can't even keep a satellite radio working? Yeah. Because of the interference. Now what's going to happen is the truck is going to stop. Yeah, exactly. And look at look at most of our ELD systems, right? There's very few that run on satellite. Most of them are on oh, self right. service. And right. I know I know the company I work with right now. Um, they're having big issues of these trucks will go into remote areas or mountainous areas and only self service. Well, then what does the truck do? Exactly. You know, like. Our ELDs literally, what they do is they'll stop working, they'll stop communicating back and forth to the main hubs, but the driver can yeah. still continuously use use ELD, and the new new uh, information gets updated when they reach more cell service. But if well, one of the things, one of the things is, what about the tax base? Yeah. Okay, you just got rid of your your employee. Okay. Um, yep. How you can't take income tax from a a machine. No. Um, another thing, like I just don't understand why we are. Other than greed, um, I get that part. Um, why are we so hell bent on making us all unemployed? Well, yeah. and 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 here's the thing: if I can interject, this is going to be a huge issue coming up in the future when when they fully switch to level ten autonomous trucks. There are devices out there called like. Let, let's say, for instance, the hack RF that hacks radio frequency. So these trucks, you know, um, when you think about it, right, um, the truck sends a signal back to the trailer to open it up. Okay, so that's a signal. That's a radio frequency. I can hack one of those that's just sitting in a parking lot and steal the whole load. Okay, so what happens if somebody goes in, hacks, hacks into the truck itself through the radio frequency and steals the entire load? Who uh, One... Who's going to know? And two, who's going to be responsible for that? Yeah, and imagine that it's a high-dollar load, yeah. like uh, a trailer full of, uh, full of electronics. Or Bugattis. Or, or uh, a military load with, you know, explosives. Yep. <laughs> you know, what happens then? How safe is that going to be? Not very. Exactly. Uh, I know. It's just the world. The world is changing in a way that I think is is going down a really scary um, path. Well, and, and so you know they we're, we're they, hell bent on 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 
robotic everything. Yeah. You know, I think it's stupid. Well, and, and the problem is, like, I, I watched a video the other day, and it was, the question on it, like, it caught my eye because it said, uh, it went on basically to explain why there is a driver shortage. Now, back in the, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, they had designed, you know, a program of, of, uh, through ICC where they could they could regulate. Back then, drivers only drove 40 hours a week, and they got paid well to do it, right? That's right. Then, after the 50s, they came in, they changed some of the regulation, and things went, you know, a little bit more downhill, more hours, more demands on the driver, less rights for the driver to be able to work a normal life. And then in the 80s, they changed it again. And hence now, we've got drivers working, well, the log says 70 hours, but we all know that we work more than 70 hours in a week. It's more like 90 hours in a week. Because how often do we go, you know, un- you know, click on your unload or put in your log unload back into the dock and you, you claim sleeper bed, a sleeper berth or off duty, right? Because technically you're not touching the load, so technically you're not working. But that's still time on your week of actually working. See, back in, you know, the 30s through up to the early 80s, people were getting paid for that wait time. We don't get paid that anymore. No. They used to get paid by the hour to sit and wait for a load. So that encouraged the shippers and receivers, when you got there, you got in, you got out. So there's a big difference now between the two, right? So, you know, that, and that made a lot of sense because what happens is, of course, you've got the recruiters that say, oh, you're going to make this and this much, you're going to do this and this and this. And, okay, that might have been true years ago, but that is not true now. You know, this, this getting paid 30 or $40 to open your doors at meat inspection, for example. And then you're sitting there. Sometimes, lately, like in the last, during COVID stuff, we had a truck sitting for a day and a half. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know anybody who is willing to work, literally stay on duty, technically, for 36 hours while they wait and only get paid 40 bucks. Yeah. And that's, this well, is what's happening. A lot of these brand new drivers, they'll get their license, you know, because they've been told, oh, good money, good money. Yeah, it's good money, but it's a lot of hours, you know. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> if we got these well, for every... <clears throat> one of the biggest issues that the trucking industry is, well, every industry is facing right now, uh, the children of truck drivers and, you know, even construction workers and that, they're looking yeah. at what their, what their dad is going for. Yeah. And they're saying, no way am I doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean... You know... Yeah. Well, can vouch for that, too. I mean, my mom always said, work smarter, not harder, right? Now, I've got got lots of education, but I always went back to driving because it was the simplest way to get caught up on bills, even though I was working ridiculous amounts of time away from home. You know, I mean, as a single parent, that wasn't easy, but, you know, Will knows what it's like. He's watched me be gone for 10, 14 days at a time. Yeah. As he was growing up. And if it wouldn't have been for my mom being out there helping me, you know, God rest her soul, uh, she helped me raise Will. Um, 
you know, he he's now realized that yeah, it's it's better to work with his mind than his body. Yeah, and 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 he sees what I'm going through now. And 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 then I get the the the, the naive people telling me, oh, you you need a real man's job. Yeah, you need a real man's job. Okay, let put put your forty k a, a year salary check in front of me and and watch me double that with my own brain, right? And by the way, I ju- I, 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 I just want to ask this because because you guys are truck drivers, have you heard of the bill that that uh, that the current president? I'm not going to name names, but the current president is trying to enact by 2026, and it has to do with, with vehicle mandates on kill switches? I think I've heard something. I've heard something about it, but I didn't so, read all of it. There is a bill, and it's called, uh, and I quote, S.1331, or a.k.a. Ride Act of 2021. By 2026, they want to mandate kill switches in all vehicles, including big trucks. So I'm assuming that they've already thought about the autonomous trucks and they, they think this is like a, a fix-all thing. But um, right now, as it stands, there isn't enough support for it to pass. But the plan is by 2026. So they still got some, some two, in, two, two to three years to decide, you know? Well, what they're called, yes. I, I, they tried this back in the 80s. And what it is, Back in those days, it was called a dead man's switch. Now, we took the idea from locomotives and trains. They called them a, a dead man's switch, and they have them in trains. And what they're designed for is if the engineer dies, massive heart attack, it's what comes off the pedal, train stops. Now, they tried decent trucks. The only problem was um, it didn't work because when they couldn't calibrate the switches because... They didn't have the technology back then like we have now. Um, the truck would go into, every wheel would lock up. Now you can just imagine what happens when a truck doing 70 miles an hour goes in a full lock That sounds like it would cause more accidents when um, it was that. Yeah. The idea, the, the idea is sound. Okay. Um, a guy dies from a heart attack while he's driving down the road, the truck stops. Makes sense. Unfortunately, they didn't have the. It was. It was. It was actually. It caused more damage than it was worth. So they they stopped it. I, yeah, I remember that. that they were they were testing them and they were testing them in at the uh, Vancouver airport. And it was an only idea, but they just couldn't get it right. Yeah, it was kind of hard. I mean, with a train, yeah, I could see it working because first of all, it's not going to run in it, into anything. Second of all, the height is going to run into anything. Then it's going to stay on the tracks. Now, you've got a truck getting a full lockup, say in the winter, on icy roads, and you've got a jackknife, and the truck will likely roll over a few times across the highway. And how many cars is that going to take out? Well, it's bad if the the driver is just unconscious. Yeah. He's out of bed because. If it's a flatbed load, <laughs> the load oh, yeah. should go through the cab. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the idea is sound. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a good idea to look at, but uh, we're, we're, we don't have the, the, the advanced technology yet. We yeah. just don't, you know. And I think the biggest problem with the government is the technology that isn't proven, and they run with it. It's like the electric car. 
for it, but we're just going to do it anyway. You know, yeah. it's stupid. You know, it's, but I mean, what have you ever heard of a politician doing something smart? Yeah. Well, a lot of these laws that they make or uh, things that they do to the truck, because you were talking earlier about refrigerators and all this stuff, and I, I, I truly believe that people that design a semi-truck have never actually ridden in one. Well, especially right. for any length of time. And it's the same way with these laws. It's like the person that's making these laws sounds good on paper, but they haven't ever actually had to apply them as their own person out on the road. And I, I know this, well, this last truck we had was the last company we were in. You guys were talking about sensors, that all these autonomous trucks being based on sensors. Oh, holy heck, we had so much trouble with this last truck, like super sensors. They were just going out all the time. And I remember we crossed from, um, we had done Sparks and Carson City, and we had crossed into California, and it was barely a pull-off because it was, uh, what is it, Highway 394 or something that's coming down into California. Barely a pull-off there. And, and I mean, if, if my husband hadn't pulled off, the truck was going to stop. You know how it does the countdown thing? Like, yeah, yeah. And it does the countdown thing now. Like, in 10 seconds, your truck is going to stop, and it doesn't matter where it's at. Yep. So he managed to get pulled off the road. I'm serious. He did a MacGyver. He really put a, pa- a paper clip in there where that sensor was, and it got the truck going until we could get down into California where the yard was so we could get it fixed. But otherwise, it would have been a $5,000 tow because they would have had to come from Reno. And so I was like, you know, but I was like, ah, oh, you get a MacGyver with a paper clip, literally. Yeah. How, so- how is a, a, an unmanned vehicle going to to take care of something like that. Exactly. Yeah, so... Um, on, a, on a two-lane highway in California. Yeah, so we'll, we'll move on to the next subject in a minute, but I'm going to add this in. So you guys might be surprised to find out or to learn that Kodiak Robotics has already been practicing the autonomous trucks. Now, here's the shady part about it, okay? And I'm going to call them out right now. I don't care about lawyers or anything else, Okay. It says, a law that requires a human driver behind the wheel would force companies to adjust or avoid the state altogether. So what this company did was uh, they completed coast-to-coast commercial runs between Florida, Texas, and California for 10, uh, 10 roads expressed with a human safety operator behind the wheel. When the trucks got to California, the autonomous system switched to ADAS, which is not regulated by the state. So, yes... Um, there, there, there are like, like rules and regulations, but these companies, there's nothing, there, there's nothing to force these companies to follow this. And by the way, ADAS uh, stands for Advanced Driver Assistance System. Yeah. So regardless of, of like how, like it, it would literally have to be every state that had these regulations in it, or these companies would find a way to um, get around these these regulations. You know. Well, and that's like there's no commonality in anything because when you talk about going to shippers and this and that, every shipper in every state, in every city has their own different rules and regulations, and you have to follow those in order to be able to come onto their property and back into their dock and unload. Yeah. And sometimes they get you unloaded in 45 minutes, and sometimes you sit there for 10, 12, 14, you know, hours waiting for a door to open. Yeah. So it's like there's no there's no regularity throughout the entire trucking industry period. Yeah. Yeah. What state you're in, what shipper yeah. or receiver you're at. Yeah. Right. Very inconsistent. Yeah. So how, how are they going to get the 
driverless trucks to have any regulations. Yeah, that's that's a very and good it's point. And going to have to be a driver assisted. Well, you've got a driver in the truck anyway. You may as well let him be the driver. Yeah. Now we are going to move on to Ramblin' Rosie. I like Rosie. <laughs> I, I just like the way that sounds. That's fine. I answered it. And we have got Valentine's Day coming. Ew. And I have inexpensive Valentine gift ideas of love. Throw it on us. All right, I'll just get started here. Well, one of the interesting things that I found was that uh, here again, uh, Valentine's is second only to Christmas as far as how many cards are bought and sent out. So it's a it's a big holiday. Um, there are 150 million Valentine cards are sent out here, and women purchase about 85 percent of those. The average man spends about 150 dollars. Um, for his lady on Valentine's Day versus the woman who spends $74. And, but Valentine started because of Valentinus was, uh, this was all back in Rome in like 268 and Emperor Claudius, he wanted to build a really fierce army. And so he outlawed marriage among his soldiers because he felt that a single man having no responsibilities would make uh, a better fighter. Well, the afraid priest, Valentinus, he defied the emperor, and he felt that divine love was wrong, so he secretly officiated marriages among the soldiers. And when Claudius found out about this, he was so angry that he imprisoned Valentinus for over 20 years before executing him on February 14th. And the legend has it that Valentinus fell in love with the jailer's daughter while he was in prison, and her name was Julia. And before he was ex, wrote her a love letter, and he signed it from your Valentine. And then alleged, allegedly, Julia planted painted almond-colored flowers on Valentine's grave, as these were a symbol of friendship and love. So centuries later, the Catholic Church named him Saint Valentine, and so that's why his death and his message of love are now a symbol of hope for all of us out there. Except, of course, people like my son who call it. Single awareness day. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. Single, single awareness. Yeah, single awareness day. Yeah. So, um, just a few of the you know inexpensive ideas that, um, especially for the drivers out there, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to be home on Valentine's Day. It's like, okay, well, you could always you know do a little something before if you're going to be home before or well, something after. It doesn't have to be right on the day. And just think, you know, a single rose, a single red rose instead of a whole. Does that would make that more economical? Or write a love letter to your mate. Um, just things that you like about them, why you initially fell in love with them. It might even get you to thinking back, you know, if you have had a long term relationship, why you fell in love with the person to begin with. Or the, some of the things that you like and what's changed over the years that you, you know, feel that they've improved on or whatever. Just put all this into like a love letter and leave that for them. And the, the wife, vice versa, could be the same. And hide it in the truck and then kind of say, hey, on the day, look here or something, and there it is on a truck. And it's just be a nice little thing if you be thinking about each other. For sure. If you're going to be home, and yeah, and if you're going to be home and you need something all a little inexpensive, you can always create uh, an inexpensive evening at home. Just you know, get some Chinese takeout or uh, I think it's Papa Murphy's. Papa, I think it's Papa Murphy's down here. 
uh, here in Billington where they, they sell heart-shaped pieces on Valentine's Day. So that would be fun to take and bake one of those and bake it in the oven. And then just spread out, you know, a little living room picnic and put on one of your favorite movies together that you could enjoy, make some popcorn or something like that, take a selfie together, have some candles going, that kind of thing. Or you can leave, have a little scavenger hunt, leave little love notes around the house that would lead to, say, a box of chocolates or the rose, something like that. Take a simple walk around the neighborhood. Just have some new time where you're just walking and talking. I know my husband and I would do that. Just like when you kind of actually get time to be in the car together with, you know, no dog and nobody else. You just really start talking about all kinds of different subjects. And now for the guys, nothing better than clean the bathroom and the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing nothing says love to a woman like a man who will clean up after himself. Yeah, now if right, if, if, right, if I can interject for, if I can interject for a minute, uh touching on, on, on the single rose. Now if, if um if, if if you feel like the single rose isn't enough, um I would suggest cutting that rose in half taking the bottom half of that rose, um, uh, obviously cutting, cutting the, the, the very bottom off of the rose because when, when they cut, they, they make it like all dry and stuff so that it actually lasts. But if you take the rose, you cut it in half, you can actually dip it in honey and then put it in a potato and then plant that in dirt. That rose will grow into a rose bush for you. No way. Yep. That's really cool. That's a cool idea. You cut the, the bottom and then... Yeah, so yeah, so you take it and then uh, uh, you, you know where the leaves come out uh, j- just before it gets to the rose? You would cut that rose in half just above those leaves and then you would uh, pop it into honey and then pop, uh, pop the stem that's already coated in honey into a potato. Now, it, you don't have to cut out a, a hole prior to it because it should be nice and tight, but the pota- between the uh, potato's energy... And the honey sugar, you will have a nice little rose plant in about, I don't know, let's say three to four weeks. And then you, just, you just lay the potato, like, on the counter? Or? No, so, uh, like, like, you would take the um, the rose, dip it in honey, uh, t- uh, take the honey-dipped rose, put it in a potato, and uh, bury that potato in, in dirt in a little pot, and it, it, will, it will grow for you. I am totally going to try that. And then well, also another little tip there. From what I, from what I understand, it's the it's the combination of the natural sugar. Yep. And the potassium in the potato. Yeah, the the, the potato has a, enough energy to, to actually um, lay yeah. the light bulb. So well, it's, you, can a, it's, yeah, you can run a, you can run a clock off of it. So. Uh, yeah, you sure can. I am so going to try that. You should. Well, and then if you do get a flower for Valentine's Day, if you do want to off a little bit of bottom of the stem because, like I said, it dries out, and so that way, when you put it in the water, it it isn't a dried out, and so that it will absorb the water. But you could also put either a couple just regular aspirin in the water, which will extend the life of the flower, or you can add a can of Seven Up to uh, the water, which will extend the life of the flower. Now again, I think that's yep. a combination of. So those are some things that you can do, but. Um, my, my husband, one of the things he says that he's always liked about me is I'm a low-maintenance chick. So I'm kind of a one-rose kind of girl as opposed to a whole dozen, you know. So, yeah. 
Um, but there's also, you can always fall back on the old uh, foot massage, the old back rub. Uh, now, we, uh, our version of building a fire is clicking on the electric fireplace, but still romantic. <laughs> so, and then you can do something fun called a message in a bottle. Just write like a message to each other or some plans for the future or something. You put them in a bottle and then set it up. And then next year on Valentine's Day, you open it up and, oh, now I remember I said that or I was thinking that or has this happened or has not happened. That's just something kind of fun that you can do. You know, inexpensive things, uh, virtually free. You put love notes in his lunchbox. You could put a love note in her lunchbox. If y'all take lunches, had a no tech night. No TV, no computer, no phone. Just actually communicate. My first husband and I, when we drove truck together, we used to read books to each other. Like if I was driving, he would read. If he was driving, I would read. Uh, we could maybe start reading a book to each other a little bit every night. Um, so just some, you know, simple things like that. Uh, I'm a big one on putting a towel in the dryer. So when my husband's out of shower, he has a nice long towel. He always really likes that. Anybody else have any ideas of love? <laughs> All I gotta say is, guys, when you're at a restaurant on Valentine's, don't propose on one knee to your girlfriend. The rest of us have to put up with listening about this for the next month. Well, yeah, and it's so cliche. Why pick one one day out yes, of the uh, one day out of the year when everyone's doing it? Why not? Why not pick pick a, a like a uncommon well, it's, day? It's not just it's not just that your girlfriend's gonna be. Oh my god, it's so sweet, and she's gonna talk about it for the next month. <laughs> like, why aren't you proposing? Yeah. yeah. Or if you have proposed, you are married. Why didn't you do it like that? I've always thought I've always thought that that was like a like. The stupidest thing in the world to do. Like, well, my husband said on a Sunday night, I think we should get married. And I said, well, I'm not busy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That, that works. You know. Got the license, made the cake, ordered the flowers, showed up at the justice for the beef on Friday morning. Whoop, done. Yeah. Went out for lunch. You know, if you are going to get married, um, I mean, it's, it's up to you. But, you know, these, these people that go into debt, Forty, fifty thousand dollars for a wedding. That is your thing. Well, in serious life. Now, this, this, this serious, not serious. Why spend all that money on liquor and food for people that you're lucky you still know five years from now? Guaranteed, you're not going to know That's ten right. years from now. That's right. Relative you to know, friends, because things happen. You know, go. Uh, one of the one of the best weddings that I ever went to was well, was a reception. Um, they. Went, got married, got the JP, did their thing, and uh, then they had a big barbecue. Invited everybody yeah. over, and we made a made a party out of it. I mean, yeah. simple, you know. Um, I I don't know, but that's well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a definite believer in it's more about the marriage than the wedding. I mean, yeah. I mean, I loved our little stuff for the feast day. You know, we went and got our picture taken. We had lunch, you know, and then we did have a little reception at home. I had made the cake and I had like a fruit tray and I made that Italian wedding soup in the crock pot and, you know, some people came by. Those that heard we got married, they kind of came by and it was just a nice little eat, but I mean, we spent a couple hundred dollars. I mean, you know, and it's more about the marriage long term to me than the actual wedding because some people put so I mean, people would get engaged and like they're going to get married two years from now. 
what? You could be married for two years by the time you actually have a wedding that you're planning and spending getting all stressed over. You know, like to each his own, but that's yeah. not a little women. Some women turn completely evil when they're the bright yellow thing. Yeah, when they're planning their wedding. Holy crap! You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just me. I mean, I. Um, I think George Carlin said it best. Uh, the reason people spend that kind of money on weddings is so when they do have nothing to talk about anymore, they can always go back to the wedding. Okay, and we will be back. All right, and we are back. I guess we got a birthday boy that we have to give a shout out to. Happy birthday. Ha- Happy birthday, Bry Guy. Happy birthday, Brian. Thank you, Bry Guy. Happy birthday, Brian. Happy and birthday. Brian, just remember, no matter how old you get, you're still going to be younger than me. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bry. And no, me and Will aren't going to sing for you. Yeah, we might, uh, we, we might kind of bring those ratings down, eh? Oh man! Damn it, well, I can't wait to have. I can't wait to have Bry guy back. <laughs> right? When he gets done with his uh, time at home. Yeah, he's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna he, he, he's gonna be happy. Oh, I'm gonna get that Jimmy guy. <laughs> when I see him, I'm gonna kick him right in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> have a uh, have a good night to all our uh, all our freaks and um, yes you you can catch us on uh, Facebook Twitter and uh, you can also email us um, make sure when when you're spelling it uh, the name Highway Freaks it's H I W A Y F R E K S it's it's not it, it's not spelled like your uh, common spelling like H I G H W A Y. So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, and uh, I, I I can't forget, or we shouldn't forget that on because uh, we're doing twenty one right now. Um, on our on our next podcast, we will be announcing uh, who we are uh, hooking up with. It, it is a uh, Canadian legendary band, and. Uh, I know all all of our freaks will uh, thoroughly enjoy not only uh, their music but uh, uh, our friendships with them as well. Yes, I've been listening to their to their music and uh, and wow, it's 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 good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I'm really happy to have them on board. Yeah, as uh, as am I. We we will be. Uh, also having a lot of um, uh, legendary guests on upcoming uh, episodes, so uh, I invite all our listeners to uh, keep your eyes peeled for um, those announcements as well. 